You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Take one. Knock, knock. Who dis? We're Stephen and Dana, and we can't believe you found a fucking podcast. A podcast! We're so glad you're listening to it. We would never listen to it. I don't even want to listen to it to edit it. I don't even want to wake up in the morning. We're Stephen and Dana, and we're in the room. We're inside a Frenchie's hair. Happy Friday, Stephen. Well, it's a Tuesday because we drop on Tuesdays. But I'm talking to you now in the present, in the room. Do we have any catch-up to do? You saw some shows. I saw some shows. I saw Slave Play and I saw Darren Brown, The Secret. Both of which I recommend everyone go see. Wildly different. (laughs) Both magical. Both magical. I haven't seen either. Very different ways. Yeah. Once actual magic. I don't know anything about either of them. Uh, tell us all. Darren Brown, The Secret. I, I'm not going to tell you much because it's a secret. Oh, is that? But the- if you're into uh, magic and mind reading and stuff like that, go for it. Is it a play? No. Is it like a one-man show? Yes. Is it, It's an actual like magic show. Yeah. Darren oh. Brown is a British mind reader mis- magician. Oh, thank musician. you. Okay. Okay. Um, and there's audience participation. What? And it's completely random, and it's so random that he brought up Emily Skinner. What? This is happening in New York City right now. I I went with a Tony voter, and there were a bunch of other Tony voters there. Look at you dropping names. Only ones who knew that that was Emily Skinner. Oh, good for you. It was an added layer. Where is this theater? Where are we? It's at the court. The court. East of Broadway. So it's an actual Broadway Broadway situation. Yeah. You may uh, have seen Sylvia there. I did, indeed. That's a very... Those seats are short at the court. We are... I remember being cramped at the court. That was my experience. I saw saw Cripple of Inishman a couple times there couple times because I love Martin McDonough. Slave play. Slave play was a lot. Slave play was a lot. I heard it's a lot. My roommate said it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, but it is masterfully done. Those performances Mm. are out of control. Out of control. Yeah. I I have to be in a... Sometimes twice a day. Are you kidding? A mood to see that, I think. You have to be in a mood to see it, but you also need to see it. I promise I will. Um, and with that, I think we are going to introduce... I'm Jamie Dumont. And I'm Rob Russo. And we are co-hosts of... The, the Fabulous, Fabulous Invalid! Yay! Okay. Thank you. We've done it on 50 times. <laughs> and an empty seat for Jen Simard. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, who has a show tonight. Right? Yes. She's Who's literally... Cool. Probably putting her, her, her mic tape on the back yeah. of her neck as we speak. And go see Mean Girls. Avenue tramp stamp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really ah. great. That. Nice. Well, she calls it her show jacket, by the way. She does. Yeah. That's yeah. Because, really you know, they don't make show jackets anymore. They don't. So that's her show jacket. Yeah. So that's, that's really Jen, good. Jen, Jennifer Samar came up with that. 
so funny. If you guys haven't listened to the fabulous invalid, then you're not fabulous. You're just an invalid. <laughs> yeah, it's it's truly remarkable, and um, you know we're so honored that uh, you are. You are on our little dog and pony show. We're thrilled to be here. Yes, 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 we just met. We're new friends. Yes, through yeah, the Broadway Podcast Network. That's new, not very entirely fast true. That's not how we met. Oh, we met Broadway we, Podcast Network through through us. This Thank podcast. you. Yes, but I'm having you a really stroke. I stalked you on Instagram. I think is what I. Who was there? Isn't some stalking? I, I no, no. You, you came to me. Oh yeah, no, I, I came to you yeah. <laughs> because you followed the podcast and yeah, we posted a picture and I was wearing a shirt that caught your eye. Right. So you commented on it and I connected the dots that you were Rick's husband, that you were the fabulous invalid. Like I figured out, I put a face to the name that I had known for quite some time. So I messaged you just saying congratulations on a year. Podcast to Aww. podcast, that's really hard. <laughs> and you're like, come to the party. Yeah. <laughs> Say more about this, this shirt. Well, you wore, you wore it to the party. I wore oh, it to okay. the party. I know the but shirt. But you'll love the shirt. I, I know. It's, of course I know the shirt. Right. It was the signature cow cape uh, hair slipper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shirt. And if anybody doesn't know what that reference is, turn you're off your phone. You don't get to listen to your show <laughs> or our show. Yeah. yeah. I think is. Simple. You've come to the wrong place. Math. Uh, but then that turned out to really be a curse because right after your party was the flea market. That's right. And I wore a different Into the Woods show shirt, a vintage yeah, one. Did, right. And I realized that I, I need to do some wardrobe um, enhancement. I love right. that shirt. I commented on that shirt. I mean, it's a fair it's shirt. It's a pretty incredible shirt. Thank you, eBay. Yeah. I set up search alerts. <laughs> Really? For yeah. that shirt specifically? For, for, a, for, for I just, Into things. the Woods Broadway shirt. Yeah. Wow. Because I knew they existed. I spent about five years. It took five down, years. Hunting down an original Kiss of the Spider Moment window card, which you do there. It's harder than you think to find. I guess a lot weren't print. I don't know. but And I lost an auction. I was at the final preview of Big Fish on Broadway. And the auction was ending like right as the curtain call. And I took out my phone and I logged into eBay and I like watched it disappear as we're like applauding Norbert Leo Lutz. I was like, oh, I like one cent, you know, one of those last minute eBay moments. No. Anyway, you turned so, on your phone during the show? During the curtain call. That was during my takeaway too. Yeah, yeah that's, I, yeah. Well, that's the curtain call and it was in service to obtaining a Kiss of the Spider Woman window card. This is the gayest <laughs> okay. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so we've already established this is a gay podcast about a gay subject. In a gay room. In a gay room. We're in a pink room. Can Where we describe the room that we're in right now? Don't I'm yes. staring at Liz Smith. Who are you staring gay. at? Oh, yes. Gay. 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 Iconically gay. <laughs> L.A. Dodgers. Not gay. McGovern for government. Not gay. It's not a gay. Come on. Come on. Um, that's Joel Gray. Right yeah, there. there's, there's a, a lot of Joel in this there's room. A there's a lot. three. There's a lot of Joel it's in this work. whole room. I see three. Um, but I haven't turned around. A poster from the 1972 Olympics. Munich. Yeah. Wow. And um, oh. speaking of gay, there's yeah. a there's a picture of um, Damon uh, Duano whispering into Patrick Vale's ear in front of the Wicked logo. whispering, mimicking. The logo. Yeah, mimic. This logo. room is very up to date. I mean, these. 
these shows are still running. Yeah, this there's Reeve, Carney, yeah. and Hades Town. These are recent acquisitions all uh-huh. around. Yeah, the photos on the wall. So, for those of you who don't know, we are in the conference room, or as my husband calls it, the meeting room of my husband's office, which is also where we record the fabulous invalid for the most part. And that office so is O and that office is Broadway Press firm. Correct. Yeah. And the the office itself is every almost every inch of every wall yeah. is covered with artwork, and that artwork can range from Joel Gray's pieces to show posters to personal memorabilia to even there's a few like that red and black L.A. Dodgers L.A. Dodgers Pennis. there's Francis that's Francis um, Tamayo the Mexican artist there's so it's there's a lot of but it's all stuff that's like deeply personal to um, my husband or quite literally from the walls of one of our apartments or homes or something mm-hmm. It's a melange, yeah. if you will. Yeah, yeah. Every, I'll come home every once in a while and there'll be a hole on the wall. Right. And I'll go, oh, I must yeah. have taken it to the office. The office. This yeah. is true. This is the life I live. Yeah. Your husband is Rick? My husband is Rick Miramontes, the publicist. Yeah, did you I not did know not, that? I did not know that. Oh, do you know Rick? I've been on conference calls with Rick. Oh, you because have? Because they did our PR for Best Worst Thing That Ever Could Have Happened. Oh, my God. The documentary film yeah, that I worked on. Of course. Yes. That's- Scott Rudin executive produced it, and he's like, I only work with Rick. And we're like, great. <laughs> great. That's one of the best theater documentaries ever. ever. Oh, I love that. Well, I've seen you. it three or four times. In yeah. fact, I, I'm probably going to watch it again in the next couple of weeks. Thank now you. all yeah. I want to do is watch it. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, I should watch schedule. it again. I haven't yeah. watched it in a couple of years. Well, because it's so perfect. It, it, it does, primarily, we roll along what every little step does for a chorus line, which yeah. is, it is the film Correct. version of, of that show that actually does justice it's to the, the, essence the essence of what's happening, because exactly it takes right. the real life of, mm-hmm. with the show topics yeah. and kind of mixes yeah. them all up. Yeah. Oh, cool. Thanks. I worked on that for a long time. That Imagine. documentary was very much the beginning of our friendship. Wow. Yes, it was. It. Like, gay. Just, very. So how did gay. you two meet? <laughs> we met at the duplex. Friends show, you know. Right. We started yeah. miming, you know, eating chicken because we were both hungry and like, I don't know him. He doesn't know me. Um, and we're like, meet but after the show. No. Yeah, we, we know. We, we connected. Gay. <laughs> our first date. We went to the AMC in Union Square to watch the Fandango event, the Fathom, Fathom event, event yeah. rather, um, Miss Saigon. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were yeah. comparing who uh, the most famous people on our phones were. Yeah. I remember doing that. I remember. You, you brought, gave me a couple. You, and you gave me a couple. Can you give names? <laughs> Can you give Uh-oh. names? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have Barbara Streisand. Oh, And me. it is tried and tested. Well, she answers? Not someone her, Not her, but I have heard <laughs> someone answers. Someone and answers. I heard yeah. her in the back be like, who? It's you the know? man who works in her basement. It's the, oh my God. <laughs> is it, uh, what are you, uh, Michael, you're. Brian right? Seller, yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm pleading the fifth on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Why? I, I actually didn't expect an answer. Okay. Honestly. I would be Hillary I'll give you Clinton. more. I have yeah. Bette Midler. Yours is obviously. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. 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 Rob yeah. usually wins yeah. this one. Well, I don't know if that's winning. I mean, Barbara Stransen is pretty... You have famous secretaries in your phone. Thank you. They've burned it in theaters. The secretary is not a toy. No. Are we double dating right now? Kind of. Yes. I feel like we're on a double date because you're like our... Like our podcast daddies. <laughs> oh, um, hello! I was Not gonna say the like first sis- time I've been called. A daddy. <laughs> I, was like, I 
like sister podcast, but you're like... I called my fairy godmother earlier this afternoon. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty good. Yeah, it's something like that. Sweet. Like the more professional, um, amazing podcast version of ours. Yeah. But welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're so excited to be in, in, the, in the room, pink room. With you. In the pink room. That's right. That's where we were um, But we're here. We're queer. It's National Coming Out Day. So. It, that it is. Oh I'm gay. So us. We're, yes. they we're, this room is gay. we're in the pink room. Wait, how did oh we all come God. out? <laughs> like this. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> I called my mom while I was crossing the street because I was in a bad mood and I thought I'd stir a pot. Wow. And it didn't work because it like didn't phase her. Yeah, so I, can't I was just imagine. frustrated. I hope that you I looked both ways. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> it was like that scene in a Devil Wears Prada where she's like trying to get the flight out of Florida. I'm just crossing the street and just everything is the worst. Yeah. So I'm like, Mom, I'm gay, and she's like, Okay, and then went on to tell me some story about something. I was like, Wait, you can't glaze over that. I made a big proclamation. <laughs> yeah. Was this like, was yeah. my ammunition. You think you made a big proclamation, but your first word was Cinderella, so we're good. We got it. It's very advanced for a first word. Well, in my house. How'd you guys come out? That's real. Yeah. Well, mine, my, the story's a little long because I came out in two sections. I came out in high school, like right before I graduated from high school, senior year, I was sort of outed, and that's a much longer story. But I will say that when I, about a few weeks later, I came out to my parents by the fact that I was dating a boy who was much older who lived in Hollywood. Hollywood. And, 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 and in those days, my mother would scan the phone bill, and any number that was sort of out of our area code, she would call to find out what I was doing. Wow. And so there were a number of these Hollywood exchanges to my boyfriend's phone number. His name was Marty. And so my mother called the number and she said, this is Mrs. Richard Dumont. How do you know my son, James? And Marty's roommate answered the phone and he said, oh, that must be the kid from Pasadena that Marty's fucking click. And that's how, that's how my mother found out I was gay. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Does she consult on Ryan Murphy television shows? <laughs> like that is She'd so. She'd be a great Ryan Murphy character. I haven't met yeah, him. Yeah, kind of like Kathy and I've amazing. Yeah, yeah, she's a, she's a character. Not really. That. Um, that's pretty wild. Well, it also I think it's it goes to that classic thing of like careful what you're poking your nose into because you're gonna you know you're gonna find some messy shit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's how it came out to my parents at least. That's hysterical. I, I told my sister first. Uh, in a car ride, she picked me up from college, and we were driving to where she was living, um, and we were stuck in traffic. And I told her, but the better part, the better story is that she told my mom, and my mom, this is so perfect. So we had a house fire when I was in high school, and we like, had to like you know, move, and you know there was a whole process, years and years. Things smelled like smoke and boxes for years, whatever. So. My, I get home from college my freshman year and I'm on the like, I'm outside of our house in the sort of like carport breezeway area and I'm going through a box, if you will, if you will, um, I'm going through a box of framed Broadway window cards that, you know, had been adorning my childhood bedroom because I was that child and I'm like, you know, deciding which ones I want to, you know, rehang, whatever, cleaning them up because some of them need to be cleaned. My mom comes out stands in the doorway and says, you know, your sister tells me that you're gay. And I was like, yes. And she said, you know, how come no one tells me anything? 
or whatever. She was like, it was just exasperated that like, how come, how come I wasn't told? And then just like walked away and I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's that. How old were you? Yeah. I was 18. And the, the room full of Broadway show yeah. cards didn't tip anyone well, off? Everyone knew. Okay. I mean, I had a Lacajo Fall window card above my, above my bed at the age of 10. Like, come on. Yeah. Who are we fooling here? Nobody. Nobody was fooled. Nobody. I just love that though. It was like, you don't tell me. You know, she was like, not that she wasn't mad that I was gay. It was just yeah. like, tell me. She wasn't oh. in the loop. She wasn't that's in the, the loop. story. You know? like, that's, you, yeah. you hope that story for everyone. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I mean, that's Everybody. similar to mine. I mean, yeah. my mom listens to the, this podcast. Hello, Sue. Hey, Sue. Uh, Hi, Sue. My mom Sue. is Susan. Ah. My mom is not a Susan. Do not call Sue a Susan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, parents want to know. And it's a very like, that's a mom thing to be like, well, who else have you told? And why wasn't I told? And I, I mean, it came, came to me later that, you know, parents, you are taking away something that they could have been useful to you for. How can I say this? Um, you, you are taking away the opportunity for them to be a parent mm. to a gay child. So that was kind of another guilty version of that for me, like the figuring that out, like, oh, yeah, I didn't allow my parents to know me fully. So, I mean, that's, that's all part of dealing with that, but I don't know. I had to look, from, look at it from their perspective, too. Like, allow me to parent you, you know, allow me to have a gay child. You were also older. Oh, I was, I was like 26 when I, I, I think coming out to my parents is when you like truly come out because everyone else is just, everyone else. And and fine. Everyone's fine. (laughs) Well, they're the scary, they're oftentimes the scarier um, person, people to tell. Yes. Well, because you're putting to the test (laughs) unconditional love. Yes. Here's a condition. Right. Right. And you always get new friends. Right. And it can be hardest to be most honest with the people you're closest to. Absolutely. Who are you closest to more yeah, it's in theory, right? And then yeah. you are like you're living Depending with these people. Your so life is speak for yourself. <laughs> you, you, are, you are half them, right? You know, like totally. So I think I'm that, truly right? like 50 50, yeah. my parents. Right? I mean, yeah. That's real. Yeah. Let's talk about your podcast. Let's do it. How sure. did it come to be? Who came to oh who? Gosh. Well, it's sort of a cosmic aligning of things, if you will. We just mentioned Hillary Clinton. So I. Um, worked for a number of years, uh, for those who don't know, in politics and government, public service. Um, worked on her 2008 campaign for president, spent four years at the State Department, um, and then on her 2016 campaign for president uh, on the senior staff of that effort. And um, spoiler alert, we lost, uh, which, you know. I'll have to Google that. Yeah, you should look it up. I don't it's, remember. It's a whole story. Yeah, yeah it's, worth, it's worth reading about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember crying yeah, or right? yeah. shaking yeah. or waking up. Yeah. In a, or still being depressed. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So the day after, though, um, amid all the like emotional uh, trauma of that, I had a little voice in my head that was like, okay, well, you thought you were going to go work in the White House for the next 48 years. Um, now you get to stay in New York and you can do anything you want. And that voice said, do something in the theater. And my most immediate impulse was, oh, I should do a podcast because I love talking and thinking about theater. Um, and on the other side of Manhattan, or in Manhattan, I was in Brooklyn at the time, Jamie was having similar 
dreams of the podcast. Oh, okay. I like the way you're I, I was going to hand it off to you. We're panning um, to right. see Jamie and his... Um, I always tell this story, so it's nice oh, to hear it. Yeah, no, well, I mean, I think it's interesting that we both were thinking of it at the same time. Um, but then I sort of, like, quickly abandoned it because, as you know, it's like, ah, oh, how do I start? How am I doing it technically? Like, what microphone am I buying? Like, ah, I just mm-hmm. got very overwhelmed. Um, so I decided instead to start my own um, blog website called Stage Left. Um which, you know, I, I write for a living, so it seemed like a natural thing. Okay, I mean, instead of talking about theater, maybe I'll write about theater. So I started writing reviews um, and posting them and sending out a weekly newsletter, which I still do. Um, just sent my latest one out earlier today. Where can people um, find that? Uh, stageleft.nyc. You can sign up, subscribe, Amazing. free, well. to receive my weekly email newsletter. And then the website itself hosts all my content. So I, I review at least two to three shows a week um, in New York, uh, which for, you know, a solo person who this isn't a full yeah. So I've been doing. I was doing that for about a year, a little over a year, year and a half, um, when I got an email out of the blue from, um, I believe it was from Andy Snyder, who said I wanted to. Um, would, would you be interested in talking to someone about a podcast project? And I was like, sure, why not? I had no idea, you know, what it could be. Um, and then Jamie and I met. Um, and within minutes, it was sort of obvious, at least to him, um, that we were a great pair and sort of like creepily the same person. Um, and uh, we created the Fabulous Emily. What Rob's leaving out from the story is yeah. that when, um, when I was, when we met, what I was looking for right. was actually someone to take over a small segment of the show. So my original concept, which is basically the show that we have, was that it would be a three-segment show. The first segment, we'd just talk about current events or topics. There would be an interview section, and then the third section would be a short history piece that would somehow relate back to something that happened in the show, most likely with the guest. And I had already lined up um, Leslie Kritzer to be my co-host and Jennifer Smart to be my co-host, which is a longer story. And I really just wanted someone to do this history thing. And Andy Snyder had said, you should talk to Rob. He's this smart fella. You guys will get along. And we met to have coffee. And literally within five minutes of meeting Rob, I was like, do you want to be my co-host? Do you want to produce this with me? Do you want to just be my friend for the rest of my life? And I mean, almost. No, I mean, that's, almost yeah, quite that's, that's, literally. Um, from what happened. And uh, apparently this from, is verbatim that's how, like, <laughs> literally how we met. That's apparently what happened from to Rob, us too. From Rob's run of the story, story, it wasn't quite like that for him, but that's okay. I'm, yeah. I, I'm all right with that. Um, but that's, that's, and that's, and then we started working on the show like uh, kind of immediately. Yeah. yeah. Within, you know, I think I accepted the next day, like formally accepted. Yeah. yeah. I'm not well, person who, actually you what know. you, what did happen, this I'm very clear on, you sent me an email, um, and it also should know I'm not good with people. I don't make friends easily. I'm, I'm, I'm. What do you talk? No, it's true. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's, it, it's, it's true. I can touch. No, it's true. <laughs> we had a three and a half hour coffee without a breath of dead air. I know, which is rare. Maybe I'm turning a new leaf. I don't know. But the point is, I got home from meeting Rob, and my first thought was like, I was too much. It's too fast. He looked freaked out. And I get an email about an hour later that says, you know. I'm interested in talking about this co-host thing with you if you, you know, if it's a real offer yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I think that's right. I think if the offer is still on the table, yeah. I'm interested in 
yeah. talking and, and pursuing yeah. being a co-host. Yeah. And then, but like literally the next time we met, we met for dinner and we went to see a show together. And within like between walking to the from dinner to the <laughs> to the theater, I was like, "Do you want to produce this with me?" <laughs> and the look, you, the look on your face was kind of priceless. You you did you did look like who is this crazy person? <laughs> when what you know I? you're in love, you, you know, know it's immediate. You just know, and a true love lasts forever. And true love. Ergo, is a podcast. Yes. You know, like, I yes. want to spend a lot of time with you. Yeah. And I want to talk to you and I care about what you have to say. And I want it all on tape. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and I will say this, because I don't ever actually say this when I tell the story. The original idea I had for the podcast was it was going to be a dinner party. And it was going to be in our, it was going to be, I was, we, my husband and I used to entertain a lot. And I was sitting around a dinner table, our, our dinner table. And it was this person and that person. And was it this table? It was this table we're actually yes. at. Yes, we're, we're in the, the conference room table is our old dining room table, yeah, there you go. quite frankly. And, uh, and I was like, it's, you know, it's this person and that person and famous person that and interesting person that. Barbara Streisand. And it was has Barbara, Barbara Streisand sat at this table? She has not. I don't know Barbara Streisand. <laughs> does but she that, remember me calling? She does. Okay. And she's asked you to stop calling. Great. Well, okay. Um, she's actually blocked her phone. We should try right now and see what happens. She saved your number as Jack McFarland. Yeah. <laughs> but what I thought would be really interesting was to just do a dinner party, right? And what it turns out is people don't really like to eat and talk and be recorded at the same time. It's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. And from our own experience, people don't like to listen to people eating on podcasts. <laughs> I disagree with that, but yes, the rest of the world... There are whole ASMR channels yeah. where you can oh, just yeah. watch and listen to people eat. That is not my version of ASMR. I do not like that, yeah. but, you know, you're people liberal. are making millions. You're liberal. You can literally I'm liberal? find it. Yeah, you're allowed. I can't do it. Is there I'd rather have for people, others, like, for others, for others. tap yeah. or... I can do just visual like this. That'll put me right to sleep. Wow. Yeah. You it's really nice. do need to see Darren Brown. You have to go see Darren I can't Brown. wait. I haven't seen a yeah. magic show. Yeah. Dana. In and a and long it, sounds, time. it sounds silly to call it a magic show. I mean, it is technically it's, a magic show, but it's like, it's like a... But it's like Harry Potter Vendillion. was the most magic. Yes. Very, it's, he's in a... It's very like 1930s. You feel, you feel like uh, you're transported in time and place. Yeah, I'm into that. And he's, and he's, he's a mentalist. It's like psychological. It's, it's, oh my God. It's not just like, you know, a man in a box of swords. Like it's, oh, it's, it's, it's a, a, more advanced than that. Yeah. yeah. I have an idea. Uh, yeah. We're going to go together. Oh. Because you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh my God. I don't like magic. I think mentalist. Yeah. And we're going to go see it. There you go. But what are we going to see? Which we know. But that's naturally. Yeah, but I'm going to take you out. I'm going to wind you in. I will have my way with you. I promise. I'm here. Yeah. Good. I look forward to it. I'll be my best behavior. Totally. No, please don't. And I'm serious about this. We'll see something else. We'll meet up afterwards. I love that. I said we'll meet up afterwards. We'll see something the same night. Oh, you guys. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. And then we'll go. And then we'll go have drinks. Something. Well, Sounds no, like I mean, you, you guys have been yeah. very, very kind, um, very supportive of our podcast. Yes. And I want to say, when you guys dropped. We're like, oh shit, what is this? The fabulous invalid. Well, your first guest was Joel Gray. Yes. I'm just like, they are coming yeah. out, guns up blazing. Yeah, it was aggressive, but uh, you're it was aggressive. Warranted. It's wow. it's yeah. great. It was, um, it was so was everyone should yeah, I'm be tuning it. in. And they have the best swag. The best swag. I'm walking around with a tote. I wrap our mics in their tote. 
Yeah. It's good. We've got water I swaddle our men. Do you have things for purchase, or is this just we for will friends and point. family? Yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. We we do have some swag that we could sell on the BPN website. We are mm-hmm. also members of the BPN family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have this really, we have this great um, banner that was created by this fabulous artist, which is our, the landing page of our website. Yeah. So if you want fabulousinvalid.com and it's all these great um, icons of the theater that we love Mm -hmm. and we I would love to do a t-shirt or tote bag or something with that but there's a shower curtain shower curtain is a great idea thank you Um, you. but there's a little bit of a copyright issue so we're we're, because it's so many different images so if we can sort through that which is a project on my list to do then we will create those because I have a project I have a lot of projects. I love a project. You love a project. I love a project. I love a project. Yeah. What do invalids need? Like a wheelchair? Well, that's not well, like a, that's, 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 that's a, a metaphor. That's yeah. That's it's not what metaphor. our show. Do you know what our show? What the fabulous yeah. invalids do? <laughs> um. Yes. No. no, no, no. I meant. Do you know? What Let's the, tell the listeners. Because right. <laughs> the term "fabulous invalid" is is it's it's a play by Kaufman and Hart, um, written in 1933 or four. And is it 38? Oh, it's 38. It might be. Ron, double check it. Alexa. And, and Alexa, check the fabulous invalid. But basically, it's a theater, it's a play about a, a, an opening night and, a, and a, the theater world. And it wasn't a very successful play, but what happened was the term, the fabulous invalid, became, what's the word I'm looking for, Rob? It's like a, like a loving way of talking about Broadway. Right, like a nickname. A nickname for Broadway. Right. An endearing... Uh, an endearing term for the theater. 1938, December 3rd. Thank you, Google. 1938, close. And basically what it refers to is that the theater is always in decline and always being reborn again. It's that sort of circle of life thing where a show closes and another opens. And that's what I loved about The Fabulous Invalid as a title. It certainly has raised a few eyebrows because the word invalid is, I think, um, one of those words that people react to it's a bit taboo i think yeah. in contemporary culture right but that, invalid, but exactly but okay. we, we, we kind of liked that we kind of yeah. liked that it was something that would <coughs> raise eyebrows and peak interest and people say well, what is that they'd want to lean in and yeah. know more it is a throwback it. term it yeah, sounds fabulous sure. yeah regardless and, and my first show title break a leg was taken yeah that's that's <laughs> the real story that's the real story <laughs> Was that I had this whole thing? Let's I was like, honest, I, yeah. I had a list of like forty titles yeah. and da 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 da. And then working on a logo design, well, right? Everything. Break a leg was the first idea I had as yeah. a show title, and I was like, I can't do that, yeah. right? And then I it dawned on me that's a great show title, but there is another podcast somewhere in the Midwest. So out of respect, out of respect, I thought I don't want to do that to yeah. somebody else yeah. because it's taken and. And names are hard. Names are hard. Well, names this was hard. like this. Actually, Rob, our big first thing together that yeah. we did was right after Rob agreed to join me in this. And by that, I mean, join me in co-producing it, yeah. which is yeah. different than what Leslie and Jennifer do, right. which is, they, you know, that, yeah, they're, it's a different role. Mm-hmm. And our first thing we did together was figure out what this title would be. Yeah. Um, and the logo, and, you know, the mark. The logo and the website. And it it kind of sounds of like the drowsy chaperone. Right. Yes. Like, 100%. like uh, yes. the fabulous invalid. It's, yes. it's something like a, mm-hmm. I don't really know what it means. A constant but, uh, wife. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, like, that was a play. Our list of what Merrily was going to, or uh, best worst mm-hmm. thing that ever could have happened, yeah. uh, what that was going to be named was hysterical. <laughs> One of my favorites was Fuck Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Exclamation that. point. 
You have to have the exclamation. And that That's was key. like at the top of the list for yeah. so long. Wow. Like, okay. are we really like, it's got to break through them all. You know, you got to like, that's why we went with a really long title. Um, it's someone, shared stand a, out. someone shared a, a, a photo on social media recently that was a, a memo that Steven Spielberg wrote um, when they were developing Back to the Future. And it was about... I just watched that for the first oh. time. <coughs> Get out! And it was about the title of the film. And I, I forget who authored it. I'm not sure if it was Spielberg himself. But basically it was like, I'm not sure about this title, Back to the Future. What about Return to the Past or something? And it's like, <laughs> it's like all these other titles that are just so yeah. obviously worse. Yeah. You know, but they're like having this debate. Like, should we name it Back to the Future? I don't know. Like, it's all in this memo memorialized. It's pretty funny. But how much of that is... Because you know it. Because you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Return to the Past is, I think, just as strong as Back to right. the Future. It's just not what we know. Well, they were concerned about Return of the Jedi being another. Like, there was like, it was, it's all teased oh, out. It's always Return yeah. to Oz. Re- there you Re- go. The Return. The with, with um, what's that actress's name? Uh, yep. by, uh, uh, do you know? She's yep. in The Craft. Yep. Oh, what is Give her? Fruza Balk? Fruza Balk? Yes. She's, I have no idea what's happening. She's, right now. I don't know. So, where that came from? You never saw the movie that terrified a generation. No, I was oh. not. Ter- are you a Wizard of Oz person, Rob Russo? I'm gay. What kind of question is we that? We established my Wizard of Oz. Return person. to Oz. I have not seen Return to Oz. Though. Dorothy goes back. It's based. I feel like more- October is when we watch all these things. Right? Yes. Spooky. Spooky. Yeah, that's. I'm actually going to see Halloween on the big screen next week. I'm very excited. Oh, and I wasn't oh. invited. Oh, you were going to San Francisco. I'm going to San Francisco. Yeah. Of course. <sighs> um, Return to Oz. I don't know this. I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, it's freak-a-deaky. It's like I want to watch it. I want to watch it. Like a B movie, right? Like, or like a C No, it was a big... It was a big... It was a thing? This it was, was an a, actual... It was a big... It's a Ferruja Huerta. Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> I took my parents like eight, ti- eight million times. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Faruja Balk. Faruja Balk. She was in like a few wow. movies and then, yeah. I don't know, someone got to her. Wow. I think she's Ooh. still alive. I do. I just, I want to show you like the post. Oh no, it's Return to Oz. Return to Oz. I'm, putting, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up on, on, on the internet and I'm writing in Back, Back to Oz. Oz. Yeah. Oh, that's, that was different. Yeah. That was one of the titles they were going to go with. Yeah, probably it was probably on a memo somewhere. It's in a yeah. drawer. Yeah. Oh, and yes, yeah, uh, uh, Nick, Nick, Nicole Williamson, Gene Marsh, Piper Laurie. Um, oh, I don't know any all of these, these people. I, who well, they're are all these? Bri- they're all British actors, which um, which leads me British. to pre- to believe that it was probably shot thing. in yeah. England. But it was a very uh, it, it followed the some of the books very closely, whereas the the original film, Wizard of Oz, sort of deviates from the book. It's a Doll's House Part 2. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fun. Yeah, but it, it really, I it brings that. in all these characters that were in the later Baum books. Uh-huh. And there was a lot of controversy over that. Like, it's a deep Baum, if you will. It, wow. Are you a top or a Baum? <laughs> <laughs> I will not answer that on air. <laughs> a girl needs her mystery. Names are hard. Yeah. Wow. I'm becoming neither. I'm, I'm becoming just a sleeper. Yeah. Well, it's quite warm in here, too. It's yeah. Warm, so I apologize for that. It's oh, warm I'm in fine. the pink room. I'm fine. Yeah, I love being that. in this pink room. It's like being inside <laughs> bubblegum. Like a chewed piece of oh. bubblegum. Yeah. That's what yes. we are. Like We're inside a Frenchie's hair. We are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or a gut that has just uh, drank, slurped Pepto-Bismol. 
Um, so when I deviated, I listened to the Betty Buckley episode on my way here. Yes. I love, you know, what a gift it is to just press record and then just have these legends and icons just continue. I mean, you're not pulling teeth. I mean, some of them you have to pull teeth, but it's fun to just let them tell their stories and just deep dive, um, She's great. She is, she's she's great. But you can you can attest to this. Some people. Are, Betty was great. Betty Betty loves to tell a story. Yes. she's got a lot of great she's stories. Story but some are mm-hmm. harder than others, right? And sometimes, you yes. Know, and this thing that we do, this podcasting thing, like there are, I think there are shows where people just hit play, and and then there are shows that edit. You guys yeah. edit, right? Yeah. Do, yeah. you, do you admit that? I mean, you. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there are so many different. We have it only to improve. We don't edit it. to alter. We no, edit to edit right. to like make my, it cohesive. My Absolutely. goal is to not edit. Right. So when we just have someone who like it's easy. I what's our episode that you did the least amount of work on? We when we leave, Money? I know immediately how much I have to edit. Right. right. So you'll be um, editing a lot today, is what I'm hearing. No, I don't think so. Most time, I don't think so. Was. I might rearrange okay. some things, but. Um, who was the easiest or the hardest? The episode that you did the least amount of work on. Oh, wow. Would you say Lonnie? I would say maybe Lonnie, because Lonnie was also fast. It was like 45 mm. minutes, and I was just like, done. Right. Was well, there, there are some well, things where you, have con- you don't have a lot of content, so you have less yes. to right. And then yeah. there are some people who, are, who speak in paragraphs. Like Hillary right. Clinton or right. David Henry Kwong. Like right. incomplete yeah. who like speak complete yes. thoughts. Right. And and it's like, okay, well, no need to edit that. It's right. all there. There were no ums or uhs or you know, well I, I was saying earlier there's just like completely thought sure. out and right. delivered. Well, Secretary Clinton certainly knows how to give a speech and, right. and sure. be eloquent. That yeah. episode was so great. My mom so I told my mom out. to listen to it too because this is just a version of uh, Hillary, that yes. you don't always she she doesn't always get to talk about. Right, you know, right. we always see her in these very con- constructed mm-hmm. situations, and it's yeah. not a theater podcast. Like, yeah. how fun is that? Yeah, no, that, I mean that's what we were really excited about. Um, you know, doing with that episode was, was she in this room? She was not in this room. This table. You go to her. I yeah. figured. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, to have a conversation. I mean, we, we touched on politics a little because you can't not, right? I mean, sure. you have to. Um, but we were really excited to, to sort of unearth the side of her that people don't ever get to see. Mm-hmm. I know her personally, and we talk about theater all the time. So to me, it was just an extension of a conversation that we have Absolutely. going. Absolutely. You know? but, but like now you have just one on tape. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's right. And I love the rest of your days. I loved the spin. It was like, we have Broadway's biggest theater fan. Right, like, right. duh. Right? Like, of course <laughs> she belongs on this podcast. Yeah, like, so yeah. fun. I love that. Yeah. And it's true. And she's a real boon to Broadway. Yes. When she sees the show, gives it puts a lot of attention on the show, mm-hmm. gives it a lot of spotlight. I think it's I think it's great for Broadway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, she she gets to enjoy a show. Shows get to enjoy having her there. I think it's a huge honor to have her come see Absolutely. the show. Yeah. And I think that she, I mean not to put words in her mouth, but I think she would agree with this, but as as a leader, certainly, you know, when she was in office, um I think it's you're always very mindful of, of how you use your time and what you you know sort of throw your support behind symbolically. And I think for her, the arts have always been. I mean, it trace back to her entire career as first lady of Arkansas. She was you know doing everything she could to uplift the arts in all its forms, not just performing arts, but you know sculpture and, and crafts and 
you know, it's a big part of her identity, and she's used the platform that she's achieved through her career to, you know, to be a to, to shine a light on. And let's not forget, she is married to a musician. That's true. That's so true. they had a room in the White House, a music room. So, there you go. Yeah, it was designed when they when they moved in. I feel like that's something people don't know. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, that would make a great coffee table book. Like all the. Like document the transition the yeah, between yeah. presidents. Totally. Yeah. And what they do, like who was the president that put a bowling alley in? Was that FDR? Not FDR. I think it was Eisenhower. Was it Eisenhower? But I could be wrong. It has happened before. Now it's a lap pool, isn't it? No, I think it's still a bowling alley. Oh, it's it there. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's two lanes. That's why we need drunken heads. Yeah. yeah. That's why we need a coffee. Yeah. Although, <laughs> look, just just this week, uh, you know, great week to do it. The first lady broke ground on a new tennis court. So it's constantly in evolution. Um, of course, she did it in stiletto heels and you know gave some stilted speech about it. But yeah. uh, <laughs> that's not, not a first lady. lady. Still did in stiletto. Yeah, she yes. broke some ground. She broke some ground. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, um, thank you for that. Yeah, I really appreciate that. It was it was a special episode to get to do, and uh, you know the, what we endeavor to do on our show. Really was, raising that bar. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what we do, I mean, to your point, I mean, it was kind of cute that we modeled it as, like, Broadway's biggest fan. But, you no, know, what our, smart. The, the sort of goal of our show is to give a 360-degree view of yeah. the theater, and that includes fans, and that includes yeah. famous fans, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, if she's willing, yeah, you know, God. We, we did a sit-down um, with um, uh, Michael Park and Jennifer Laura Thompson from uh, Jeff Hansen, and it was a joint interview with someone who is li- quite literally a super fan. Uh, Joanne Veneziano. Correct. Yeah, she. Uh, it was we had a promotion we ran through audience rewards, and she, uh, you know, used points to be a, a co-host on our show, and um, and it was really fascinating to sit down not only with you know two amazing actors, who, yeah, you know, have had incredible careers, but um, someone who is like a diehard super fan. I mean, Joanne will see a show like fifty times or a hundred times, and by extreme fan. No, no, no! It's more than that. Yeah, she saw yeah. she saw the Spring Awakening, I think, five hundred and twenty three times. Ooh, she yeah. saw Footloose right. over seven hundred times. Which yeah, for yeah. both of those shows are like that's almost, almost there the every night. Yeah, that's yeah. those. Right. Dory exactly. interviewed those people when she was doing Show Business Road to Broadway, that yeah. documentary. <laughs> yeah, interviewing. Right. Did you guys watch Nailed It on Netflix? Do you know what I've, it I've, is? I've heard of the show. Yes, Nicole the Byer. host Nicole Byer. Is in Dory's no. documentary oh, outside of the theater taboo for taboo because yes. mm-hmm. she was. I remember this portion of the, of the show. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. was one of the gals that went to taboo like every, every night. Yeah. night. Right. Yeah, and she's in the documentary. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole thing. Well, you you mentioned the flea market, the Robbie flea market. I mean, there I've been doing. I've done it three years now, and by the second year, I was recognizing the faces of the fans who were coming to my table to buy playbills. Like, I, I feel like I know these people. And I, I, I just, got nervous because there was one girl I've seen every year for yeah. 14 years. There you go. Yeah. And I hadn't seen her yet, and I got real concerned. And then I saw her in, like, the last hour. Everybody is like, a community, you know? We're all looking out for each other. It is. It's so small, too. It's so small. You feel yeah. like if you come to New York, Broadway is just overwhelming. And it can yeah. be. Yeah. But I feel like it's also very small. It's so real. I, when I... When I started my, my website, Stage Left, I joined Twitter for the purpose of, you know, elevating my writing or whatever, because um, I, I was never a Twitter person. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the day, this is a silly story, but I'll never forget the day that I, like, basically completed the loop of all the people I needed to follow. 
And it was like, okay, well, that, that's it. Like, these are the 30 people who are writing about theater. And that's, that's it. Like, yeah. these are the people. I did it. When I, you see them all on a list, you're like, I, right? Like, I found them on Twitter, and now I'm following them all, and that's that. I've done it. I thought this would take longer. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so hard. Even, you know, I mean, within a, a couple months of, of starting my site, um, I was getting invited to things. And I was like, wow, that was a goal for, like, you know, maybe at some point in the next couple of years, I'll get invited to cover something as press. Um, I had this like inferiority complex about like who am I to you know write about theater? But it turns out like there's it's a small world and there's not a lot of people who can afford to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm lucky I have a full time job, so mm-hmm. I can you know sort of moonlight as a journalist. Um, but you know there's not there are no jobs in this, right? So uh, it's it's a small community of people who are doing it. I, I, I was blown away by how receptive community was to my writing um, and just the fact of you know that I could provide coverage to shows and I love doing that I love seeing something off off Broadway or in a you know in a storage unit in Queens and like writing about it because even the outlets even the New York Times well that's a bad example because they actually do but you know some of the other major outlets like they don't have the bandwidth they have one person and one person cannot see everything it's it's just that's a good point it's just there's so much theater in this town. I mean, it's wild. I, I feel like I'm at the theater three to four nights a week, sometimes even more than that. And I see maybe, you know, a third of what sure. I could. What kind do. of, what is your tone? What, what kind of critic are you? Are you a Simon Cowell? <laughs> are you an Alicia Keys? That's so funny. It's interesting. Um, do you I, like everything? What's your eye? I definitely don't like anything. I think I'm honest about how I feel about things. Um, you know, Jamie's probably in a better position to comment on the tone of my, my writing, because you've, you've talked about this before. But I, 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 I always try to be honest, because I think that's important. Um, but I, I do not believe in being um, unnecessarily or indulgently cruel about anything. Yeah. And, and even the worst show that you see. Um, and that comes from just, first off, how I was raised life yeah <laughs> um, like who I not am. an asshole everyone right, right. spoiler alert um, but also because you know and, and, and i'm reminded of this and i think it's important that we in this community do remind each other of this whenever we can because it bears repeating that we're all just people and you know rick ellis when we had him on the show i can't remember if this was on mic or off mic told a story about how you know no one sets out to create bad art Right? No one, no one's trying to ruin your night by, yeah, by, no one's doing it too by giving you a bad play or a bad musical. You know, like everyone's just trying to create and to express. Right. So even when I when I don't do not like something and I'm honest about it and I'm like, okay, this was bad, um, I try to remember as I'm writing, be very specific with the words that I use because mm-hmm. you know, although a lot of people say they don't read reviews, I don't read reviews, a lot of actors can can spit back to you the exact words that someone certain way mm-hmm. um so i endeavor to never be the person who provides them with that memory <laughs> um that's not to say that you know i'm honest if i, if I don't like something i don't like it uh, and then i also think that i i try what i've discovered um and terry teachout's another critic who i think does this i don't talk as much about performances i talk more about writing and production um i, I just find I, I find that that's not where i go to i mean some writers they will latch on mm-hmm. to someone's performance and they will graphically about it and they will be eloquent and they will describe that's not my skill set 
I have found and it's not my inclination. So I, I talk a lot about design and writing and history too, I think is the other thing. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think what makes yeah. Rob an excellent theater critic is that he has such a wealth of knowledge about theater history and he has such a passion for the history of where things came from and how things are created that I think that it makes his voice very unique because because you don't talk so much about the, the individual performances right. unless it's really magical right. and transcending and then that's a different thing. I mean they're only doing what was written. Or, or like they're they're in the theater because someone bought it. You know right. like right. Right. the way Rob's brain works I think is he likes to know how things are made and how things fit in the world mm -hmm. and what that says, the, what the past says, what the, what the future holds, all of those things. And I think that's what makes his, his interview so interesting. Yeah. That's what I try to do. I mean, you know, because it, it's interesting. There's a, there's, a, there's a strange tension in the world of theater criticism itself in that there's a sort of a commercial element to it, which, you know, is why anyone has a job. You know, because otherwise you would just pay people to come up with quotes, right? Um, so there's you're, you know, this independent voice separate from the productions that is there to give a basically a consumer report, right? Something that a, a customer can read that is not from that production, that is independent, that gives them an idea of what it is and should I see it, right? So there's that. And then there's what you might classically think of as criticism, which is something different. That's, you know, that's writing a review versus being a critic. Um, mm. And I don't do one or the other. I think I try to do both. And I think most critics try to do both. But they are two different things. I mean, you think of criticism, you think like literary criticism, right? It's an academic exercise. It's more about... Philosophically how some, right? speaking. Yes, yes. I mean, it, it's more about how does this play fit into the world, into the moment, into the canon of all plays that have ever been written. Right? That's a different thing than you should go see Beautiful or you should go see Beetlejuice or you shouldn't because this is my experience of that specific show. Mm -hmm. you know? sure. So um, I try to couch things when I can and some things naturally call for it. Right? Like I just saw Slave Play. You, you were talking about Slave Play earlier. Right? I don't know how you can write about Slave Play without contextualizing it in 2019 in October 2019. Right? Yeah. Like, like this week. Yeah. These, the headlines of this week. Like how, how can you talk about that play without doing that, right? So that's an obvious limit, yeah. right? Whereas something, you know, like, you know, I, I don't know, I can't pick something out of that way, but, you know, something that's maybe less temporal or less political, although I think all theater is political, um, you know, it might not, not necessarily call for it, sure. you know? Um, so, you know, criticism is, is more something like what you see at the New Yorker, right? What Vincent Cunningham mm -hmm. or um, Hilton also write. Well, and they're the ones they, who win awards for criticism you know, actual fancy awards because that's what they're, they're doing, real criticism. They're grappling with the work in a way that's not a consumer report. Or the lighting was great. You know, that's that's not what they're interested in. They're interested in, like, how does this play speak to this moment? And mm -hmm. what does it mean? What's the significance of it? Ooh. Well I also, said. I also think <laughs> one final thing. You don't have an editor. I do not. You're not in, you're <laughs> Whoops. No, no, no. By that I mean you're only responsible to yourself. That is correct. And yes. so your voice is true to who you are. You don't have to think about 
sponsorship, advertising dollars. Correct. Correct. You don't have to think about readership outside clicks. of clicks because you're you, you. This is this is a huge part of your life, but it's not the only thing in your life. Right. And you are self governed. Right. Also, you are not in competition with any other critic. Right. And so mm. I think sometimes what happens in this small pool of critics mm. is they get into competition with each other to write reviews that sometimes reflect a different agenda than the actual show that they're writing about. And you don't fall into any of that. Right. I think that's true. And, I, and from time to time, I might even, I, I might be cognizant of that when I'm writing a review. Mm. You know, like I, um, because I'm not answerable to anyone, I don't have a print deadline <coughs> other mm-hmm. than, you know, when I decide to print. Um, a good example of that is actually Beetlejuice. So Beetlejuice opened last season. Uh, it was the last show of the season, I believe, the last, at least the last musical of the season to open. It opened in a week, two days after Tootsie opened, you know, in a month, April, that is just opening, 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 opening. And yeah. these critics are people, just like the people who are creating these shows and performing. And they, you know, well, it's them, they have to go see shows and write about them. Yeah, but also they have to go see shows and write about them. And it's a job and it's, they're getting paid for it. It's serious yeah. work. It is, you know, let's respect that as well. Um, but I read all the reviews for Beetlejuice and was kind of like horrified and shocked because I felt like no one, basically no one, um, was respectful of the show. I, I, I sensed an undertow of, I'm exhausted. This is the last show I need to review of this season. Mm. I'm going to phone it in. And I, I don't want to point a finger at anyone in particular, but... I just got this icky feeling after reading the reviews. And I just, to me, it was so not the show that I saw. And of course, it's every critic's kind of different. You know, but when, when the entire class of critics all seem to just casually disregard something that was a decade in the making, and the production design is unbelievable, and the performances are fabulous. You know, there were just so many elements of it that I felt like just were given such rough shot because of where it fell on the calendar, really for no other reason than the fact that mm. it was in a week with three other openings and you know, people were just tired and, and that's the reality of it. So I didn't have to print on opening night. So I wasn't sure. in the same position as them. So I, had, I got to sit with it. I got to, I went back and I saw the show a second time because I wanted to make sure that my impression of it was actually, was, you know, was authentic to how I felt about it and not just a reaction to how others were reacting yeah. to it in the moment, right? So I went back yeah. to see it, and wow. then I wrote my review. I published it in June, so it was, it was the night before the Tony Awards I published it, I think. Um, and I wrote what I thought was, in a way, an answer to what everyone else had done. Oh. Without, without, without explicitly, yeah. without explicitly, you know, wow. that. But now you have. So but now I have go. said it, now so we all know. Go read my review of Beetlejuice. But enough about me, let's talk about you. What do you think of me? <laughs> we ask everybody questions. Yes. Um, our first one is, what was your first impression of each of us? Well, my first impression of both of you was on lo- was was actually my first impression of both of you was by listening to your show, right? So oh. I, f- because of this weird medium yeah. where we where we get to talk and basically be ourselves and then put it out there for people to listen to, I felt like I knew both of you before I actually met you, and it's interesting when you told the story about how we met through direct message. I'd actually been following you guys on Instagram. I just hadn't been like liking your pictures necessarily, but I was like looking at everything. So I felt really invested in the two of you. And then when you reached out to me, 
because I couldn't not comment on that shirt, right? Like, I, I just, it's like, my thumb is starting, my, yeah. you know, you just, just like a Ouija board. It's what yeah, I'm exactly. here for. And I responded within, like, seconds, and I was like, come to my party, I need to meet you guys. It was both of you, it was just, you yeah. were the one that, you were the yeah. conduit, yeah. right? And then when we met at the party, it was like, I think the first thing I said to you, Dana, was like, I'm obsessed with you. Yeah, love at yeah. first sight. Yeah. You, so, the easiest schmoozy party I've ever had to go to. Well, there was a balloon animal yeah, maker. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a recipe. Effortless. Yeah. Yeah. Meeting yeah. you two was effortless. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would say I, I felt an instant warmth upon meeting both of you at that party. That's when I met you. Well, I'm, I am very warm. Outside of yeah. the store. Yeah, outside yeah. of the store. Yeah. 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 I thought you were hysterical. He's pointing at me. Yeah, sorry. Yes, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Like, not funny hysterical. Yes, like, not, not like, hysterical. Yeah, <laughs> like crazy. Yeah. No, like, like I'm just very wry. Wry. Yeah. I like a wry. Yeah. Wry, wry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was my. my oh, wait, I'll you're saying it. Dana was yes, wry. Oh, 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 oh. I loved how you carried it. Dana on wry. Dana on wry, yes. I love how you waddled down the hallway. <laughs> no, but you had a, I don't know, you had a certain air about you that I found really attractive. Amazing. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> well, yeah, it was love at first sight for both of you, for us. Oh. I'm going to speak. We're, I mean, we're obsessed. <laughs> All we do is we, talk we, about you. We can't. We're like worshiping at the ground you <laughs> are sitting on. Hi, ho! Hi, ho! The other question we ask everyone is that um, there, obviously there are seven very well-known dwarves in history. Oh. If you were the eighth and ninth dwarves, um, what would your names be? Wow. Well, I feel like today my name would be Coffee because yeah. I have a cold and I've been coughing quite yeah. a bit. Coffee's cute. I love coffee dwarves. And I, I also like, it like because coffee, yes. too. Yes. Yes. I like that, is my, that is my beverage a, of choice. What is a coffee homophone. That's a homophone. Oh, homophone. Would you call me? <laughs> <laughs> On national coming out. <laughs> Rob's the homophone in the world. Yeah, well, that's, that's real. Yeah, that's real. That's very real. Hooked on um, homophonics. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name, Rob Russo? Um, gosh, I, I'm, I'm kind of stumped here, which is not... And I'm the writer. You know, you feel like I should be. Don't ever so think it. Right? Just what's your essence? What's your what's my essence? I mean, anxious. <laughs> <laughs> anxious story. Especially <laughs> this week. I've just been a ball of anxiety. That's true. <laughs> Can Show Queenie be your dwarf name? Show Queenie? Yeah. No? Yeah. Show Queenie Show, was a blonde. Oh, I literally was about to say that. When are we going on? I <laughs> watched you <laughs> trying to say it. I stole it. Show Queenie from was a blonde. Yes. Your mouth. I Ursula did from you. No. Where can people find you online? You uh, and your podcast. Well, our website is thefabulousinvalid.com, and you can see the banner that I spoke That's of right. earlier, and you can also listen to our episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also go to the Broadway Podcast Network and listen to both of our shows and many other fabulous shows. But um, if you really want to do me a solid, uh, check us out on Twitter at Fabulous Invalid or Instagram at Fabulous Invalid. Um, no the. No the. No just the. at Wasted Fabulous characters. Invalid. Wasted characters. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, also, I don't think Twitter and Instagram let you have yeah, the. Yeah, there, there was something There was a weird thing. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't. Yeah. Anyway. And then um, you should do that. Um, and then if you'd like to subscribe to Stage Left, I would love that. Uh, Stage Left at NYC. So, Absolutely. And I think you should. Yeah. yeah. It's a fun little, it's not just reviews. I do a little digest of the news on a weekly basis called TLDR. So it's basically all the headlines that you need to know for the week in 
Broadway News. Um, and then I do listings of what's opening and closing. So it's a healthy, helpful little guide. And a very helpful critic's pick, which you can always yeah. just go right to the critic's pick That's and right. see what you need to see yeah. there. Yeah. Thank you, Jamie. I'm a big fan of your website. Oh, they actually like each other. That makes me so we are. <laughs> We're stepping up our game this week, right. folks. We'll have to do a guests. part two because I still have questions. Yes, that would be fun. And we'll, we'll do our dates and then about. reconvene. Oh, yeah. that's a great idea. Oh. A post-date yeah. podcast. Oh yeah. Okay. And we'll, we'll be part of the BPN very soon. I don't know if all of our shit will be up by... Tuesday yeah, this drops, but, but if any of you want to, relatively easy and painless to yes. get everything up. It, like, like Rob and I did it. They're going to fix together. all of our old sound issues. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that might wait. take some time. Yeah. But um, I, I know some listeners that would be very happy to go back and re-listen to something a little cleaner. Absolutely. Mm, wow, that's great. Yeah, I'm so glad we're all part of the Broadway Podcast Network. I want there to be like a Broadway Podcast Network bowling. Oh, that's a great at idea. The White House. Do you know what I think I'm going to start yeah, doing? Yeah, the White House. <laughs> I think Two I'm lanes. Gonna, not yet. Yeah, we're going to wait. I'm going to start doing um, the built for the stage. Is that what it's called? Oh yes. yeah, yeah. The the, 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 the workout dude, thing. The dude. Yeah, Joe Incredible. Roska. I haven't done it because I'm poor, yeah. but I know people who do it and they love. Yeah, and they're working. And There's they like move a Broadway around. workout podcast. It. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, built Get for the stage. Um, and yeah. On that, hundred percent. On that note, bye. 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 In the room with Stephen and Dana is produced by Stephen Farizee and Dana Craig. Special thanks to Joel Wagoner for tinkling the ivories on our theme song. Hit him up at joelwagoner.com. We apologize, and you're welcome. We'd also like to thank Jesse Weiner, W-I-E-N-E-R, for our jazzy original music sprinkled throughout each episode. You can find him at jessieweiner.com. Last but certainly not least, we'd like to thank Kevin Thomas Garcia for taking all of our ridiculous photos. You can find him online at ktgnyc.com. We are all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at InTheRoomPod.com. Follow us, like us, share us, pimp us out. And don't forget to subscribe to In The Room Podcast. We everywhere, so subscribe. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.